0: Hello addicts, non-addicts, and supporters, and welcome to the Diary of a Young Addict Podcast. I'm your host, Mare, and I'm a 22-year-old recovering addict with four years clean from drugs and alcohol. This podcast is all about recovery from addiction and what that looks like as a young person. Hey friends, so I hope that you listened to last week's episode because I have another one like it. I got invited to speak at a convention this past weekend, and it was probably the best convention i've ever been to i got really good feedback on what i shared and i got it recorded so i just wanted to go ahead and share it with y'all i promise i will have another one of my normal episodes back up soon so y'all may not even be able to tell but i was like almost shaking i was really nervous at the beginning of me speaking in the recording you're about to hear um, this was my first time speaking on a topic other than being young in recovery. So I reached out to a lot of people, asked questions, dug into my literature. I did a lot of things to prepare for this. And I was nervous in the beginning, but I think it all ended up being okay. And higher power took over and just spoke through me. And I'm really happy with how it did turn out. Every time I speak, my goal is to just reach at least one person or just have one person that understands what I'm saying, or one person that relates. Um, so I hope y'all get something out of this. And if not, I just hope you learn what recovery looks like for me a little bit more. So we got the firecracker coming up first. We got Miss Meredith. Oh. Love you, dear. I love you. Okay. I'm Meredith and I'm an addict. So my, can y'all hear me okay? Okay, So my topic is carrying the message. and um, I'll start off by introducing myself. I'm Meredith. Um, I'm 22 years old. I'm a university student and I have over four years clean. Completely absent. Um, I'm going to start by just taking a moment to welcome higher power. Okay. So first of all, I want to thank Todd, who just introduced me, because he gave my name um, and suggested me to. And asked if I wanted to speak here, and I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude to get to carry the message. To speak about carrying the message, by carrying the message, right? Um, this is my first time speaking on a topic that's not being young in recovery. <laughs> so, it's a little different. Like, I prepared a little differently this time. It got deep into my literature. Um, took suggestions from people whose recovery I really admired. Um... And so one thing I wanted to speak on, like our our primary purpose is to stay clean and carry the message to the addict who still suffers. We're not we are united by our problem, our common problem of addiction. By meeting, talking, and helping other addicts, we're able to stay clean. The newcomer is the most important person in any meeting because we can only keep what we have by giving it away. I mean we hear that at meetings all the time. But with that, with that, I want to take a moment and just recognize the newcomers in here if you have under 30 days um i know i met one person you are the most important part you are the most important person here and i hope that throughout this convention you hear at least one thing that sticks with you and that you can relate to because i mean my goal when i'm up here is just to at least carry the message to one person to inspire hope in one person you know um and if I can't do that, maybe I'll, I'll just inspire myself a little bit. But um, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, so I actually first got clean when I was 16. And I start, I, like through step work, I've realized that I started using because I felt like I didn't fit in. So, imagine coming to the rooms of N.A. at 16 and, once again, feeling like, okay, well, I don't fit in with anyone here. There's no, there's probably not even people 15 15 years older than me here, you know? It was very foreign. I mean, I I think I was like a a sophomore in high school. But um, I came to the rooms, I started using when I was 12, and the common the common theme in my youth was that I decided to always get honest at the worst of times um I, I couldn't tell you why honestly, maybe it was a god thing you know and so my parents had caught me with some drugs or something, and they had they had um asked me like what all have you done blah 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 like we just want you to stop and so You know, I was fighting a little bit, ended up going back upstairs, and then came back down and, like, had the epiphany. Like, I'm going to be honest and tell them every single drug that I've done. Like, what what benefit comes from that, I'm not sure. But I got honest, and they took me to, like, um, a counselor, and they decided I needed IOP, like, intensive outpatient. Later on, like, I started using again after, because I got scared to come to meetings. And so when I was... 17 it's when it like it got really bad between 16 and 17. I was scared. I kind of like said screw the program and um, I was like well it must not work if I'm using again, right? And I ended up getting honest again. I was I had drugs in my car on school property and it was the first week of senior year of high school um, I don't know if someone's had a me or what but I got called into the office at first period and they were like, do you have drugs on you? And I was like, no. I have some in my car. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the comment of being honest, like, why did I do that? I don't know. I guess something was speaking through me. But, you know, that kind of kickstarted everything. I got expelled and arrested at my high school. Two, and I got sent to the alternative school. And two weeks later... Same drug dog got me. Had drugs in my car again because I was like, "What are the odds that they're going to catch me again?" <laughs> and I got caught, arrested from that school, and I almost got sent to—I almost got sent to jail school, which I had never heard of a kid being so bad that they went to jail school. Um, so that's—I remember being in jail the second time, just like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Like, I've gotten arrested for the same thing within two weeks. I've sold my body. I've done. Terrible, like, I'm lying, I'm, I'm stealing from my friends, like, people that I loved, like, I was just a shitty person, and I was, and deep down I wasn't, you know, like, it was addiction, it was addiction, but, so, like, I look at my old thinking, and I look at my thinking now, right, like, I have a little bit of time in the program, and I used to think, <laughs> this is how flawed my thinking was, I used to think if I was always high, that, would, like, no one would know because if I always looked high, then that was my normal. Like that's how flawed my thinking was. <laughs> like I was, I was so broken and just when I came in here and I wish I could see that girl like from my eyes now. And so, like I'm here to tell you about carrying the message. The message that our, like it says in our basic text, our primary purpose is to stay clean and carry the message um, to the addict who still suffers, and, and then you go on and it says, what is our message? Our message is that an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. So I kind of like broke that down. And I was just like, I'm looking at it. So like an addict, that's how it starts. How did I know I was an addict? Um, I knew that I was screwing over everyone around me. I knew that nothing was ever enough. Not just drugs. Like literally nothing in my life was ever enough. Nothing ever fulfilled me. There was a void like, in my heart or my soul or something that just could never be filled. And when, when I did come to the 12-step meetings and I came to NA and I heard people talking and I actually related with what they were saying, and it blew my mind. I mean, I came to NA thinking it was like a secret society, and I, I still do kind of think that, but in a good way, in a good way. Um, so an addict, how'd I know? that's how I knew I was an addict, any addict. So, like, in our readings, like, that we just read in Who's an Addict? One of the biggest things that I'll always take away is that it says regardless of age. Because I've met people in my recovery who never would even say it to my face, but they've told other people who told me that, like, they didn't like me because they thought I wasn't an addict. And I don't know what the fuck that has to do with them, honestly. And one thing I've learned is... Kind of with that and just like my sister uses too. Like what I had to realize is that it doesn't matter if I think someone's an addict or not. Like if I think they need help or not, that's not my business. It's not my life. And um, all I can do is like what I can do, right? Like I break up the serenity prayer. And it's like serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Other people. Courage to change the things I can't. Myself. And the wisdom to know the difference if it's you or me. That's it. That's what I had to learn. And I still suck at it really bad. I mean, I love to control situations. I love to think that my 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 way is the best way. And so, any addict, <clears throat> regardless of age, this is, these are things I have to remind myself when I hear this message. Any addict, regardless of age, regardless of DOC, that's one that really got me. I never shot up. I never, like, was homeless. You know, like, there's a question in the, in the first step, and it's like, would your addiction be bad enough if you didn't compare it to others? And if I never heard anyone else's story, yes. My story was bad enough. When I lived it, it was hell. And now also, like, knowing now what I'm—and seeing myself on the other side, like, I'm not anywhere near the person I used to be. And, I, like, regardless of sexuality, regardless of spiritual beliefs, like, this is a spiritual, not religious program— and I know I hear that in every single meeting, but I really had to deeply understand that myself. Like, you can believe in a religion if you want, but you don't have to. You can believe in a doorknob. If that doorknob is spiritual to you, if it is, if it to you is a power greater than you, if it is all good, do whatever makes you a better person. <clears throat> believe in whatever makes you a better person and helps you live by morals and spiritual principles. Um, so an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, right? Kind of done that so far lose the desire to use. So, when I was studying this, you know, I when I think it, when I am speaking on something, I really like to understand it fully. And one of my thoughts when I was like kind of meditating on this was it like we know we know in our literature that our disease is never cured. That's why we're always at meetings, right? We know that it can be arrested. But it, it says in our literature that we, I'll find it. But it says, we realize that we are never cured and we carry the disease within us for the rest of our lives. We have a disease, but we do recover. And I have to write under that, like, we are recovering, never recovered. Because um, I I'll sometimes hear people in meetings and they're like, I'm a grateful recovered addict. And I'm like, oh, that, that, teach me how to do that. That's awesome. Um, and so lose the desire to use. So the question I had that I was asking a lot of people whose recovery I really respected. I mean, even on the way here, I was asking because I just wanted some perspective. I just needed like an answer because I know that I don't know it all. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that. But it was, if we lost the desire for good, wouldn't we be recovered, right? And so I did a little research. I did a little research. And so I looked up. Because it says, also in our literature, reading about this, it says, As addicts, we have an incurable disease called addiction. The disease is chronic, progressive, and fatal. However, it is a treatable disease. Right? So, my first sponsor taught me to look up definitions of words that you, you already know. You can do that. And it helps you just understand things a lot deeper. And so, I looked up the word treatment. It says, can't be controlled. Symptoms can be lessened. And, and they compared addiction to diabetes you know like you still have to take insulin every day and you may feel better but you still have it and it's because you're doing the daily maintenance see what I'm getting at and then the definition of cure is it goes away for good so when i looked at that i was like okay so if we lost the desire for good wouldn't be we we'd be recovered and it was like first of all i i've asked multiple people this because i just wanted to double check it was like i don't like i know that for me my experience is that The desire comes back. The desire is gone, but the idea of using is what will come back. And I don't really sit on it too long. I don't really consider it. It's not really an option today. And I think that's what they mean by we lose the desire to use. Because do I want to go out and get high and shit on my life that I've built today? No. Like, I've seen who I've become. And no, I don't want to go back. I would do anything to not become that person anymore. I refuse to go back to the person I used to be, wreaking havoc in everyone's lives around me. And so, with, like, addiction, and with both of these diseases, like, um, addiction and diabetes, like, like I kind of said, we have to do something for them every day, but we'll forever live with it. And, like, I've accepted that. I know that addiction is a disease, and, like, they're in my whole four and a half years clean or whatever, like, I have not... Miss a week missed a meeting for more than like two weeks. I've never gone over two weeks without a meeting. Or talking to someone in recovery. Like this time around I figured out, kinda, that like when I was sixteen, part of the reason that I relapsed was because I was still hanging around everyone that was using. You know, like I I was literally at parties with people using just sitting there in the corner hoping, oh this is gonna be great, you know, like it's not enjoyable. And, um, and they I've heard in the program, like, you sit around at the barbershop long enough, you're gonna get a haircut. I definitely ended up getting a haircut, really bad haircut, and um, ended up using. I ended up using, and uh, I mean, like in our reading, it says, we were miserable with or without drugs, and I refer to that so often, and I have to explain it a little bit too. So, like, we were miserable without drugs, you know, like, we. When we don't have recovery, our lives are miserable. And we were miserable with drugs because we're using. And then we're feeling the shame of using. And then we use again to cover up those feelings. And then we use the shame. And I call it a little cycle that we go through. So that's why we were miserable with or without drugs. Meaning we needed recovery. We need, we needed something else in the, in the equation to help us solve work on our problem. I don't want to say solve, but it's arrested. And so... With carrying the message, like, how do I carry the message? That's one of my, somewhere along, somewhere along the way in these years, you know, like, I knew that service work was an important part of recovery. It's part of our symbol. It's one of the four bases of our symbol, and if you have not read the symbol, I highly suggest it. It didn't make a lot of sense to me when I first walked in here, and that's what I was told, is that it wouldn't make a lot of sense to me, and now it kind of does. And so, um... The sides are service, self, society, and God. And basically, when you read the reading, it just says that, like, when we broaden our bases, so when we work on any of those four things, our point to freedom goes higher. We feel more free. And so I got into service work a little bit, and um, somewhere along the way, it became my passion. Like, there's no greater joy than getting to talk to another recovering addict. Um, I, I, like, how do I carry the message? I go up to newcomers, especially young ones, because I know what it was like when I walked in here and didn't feel like I belong, and I don't want that to drive anyone else out like it did me. Um, I go to H&I at the women's jail, and I, I can't tell you that, like, the we just bring a meeting there, and it's just like, my, sometimes i don't want to go just like i don't want to go to the gym sometimes but i walk out of that place and i feel so like my heart is just so warm and I, and I usually shed a few tears every single time i go because i have feelings today and i allow myself to feel those feelings and i just get overwhelmed with emotions and i'm grateful for that um so i carry the message by doing that um i'm involved with razorback recovery on campus which is my little baby i love It's always still trying to develop. You know, there's not a ton of students in it, but that's okay. Like, someone's going to need it. You know, like, I keep it... I try and keep it up there, try and keep involved, try and keep it going, because, like, I know one day it's going to be exactly what someone needs. And they're going to have the support system of other young people who are struggling with the same thing. Because I know when I found out, when I came to NA, and I found all these people struggling with the same thing. Because, you know, when I was... That's one of the times I got in trouble. My mom, my parents were giving me a lecture or whatever. And my mom, knowing my mom's in recovery now, I did not know that then. My mom and my dad are talking to me and they're like, why can't you stop? And I'm just like crying there, bawling. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know why I can't stop. And now that I know, not only does addiction run in my blood, my mom's in recovery and, um, that I am an addict myself, that I like found that out without even knowing my mom was an addict. Like I came across that myself, which I think is really interesting. Um, I don't know how I got there, but... (laughs) So that's how I found out like I was an addict. And I also, with um, carrying the message, this one isn't quite recovery, it's recovery-related kind of, but I work, I volunteer for a nonprofit. Oh, and I'm an all GSR from a group, I forgot that one. But, um, so I get to participate in area. I'm learning so much. I didn't know, when I first went to that meeting, I didn't know what was going on. People were saying second, and I'm like third, fourth, I didn't know what was going on at all. (laughs) And I still don't know that well, but I have a little idea of it. And like, I love to just broaden my horizons, right? And um, so service work is, what's important to me now like when i when i first got clean at 18 this time this time i've been clean since 18. and um i was i mean i was a senior in high school i didn't know what i wanted in life i made a pros and cons list and figured out nursing would be good and i still think that but then along the way i found out that like with nursing you can do mental health nursing which means you can work in a rehab which is like i got to do my mental health clinicals last semester and there was a kid, so I was at this um, facility where these kids, it's adolescents, which is exactly who I want to work with because that's who I needed in my life at that age. When I, when I was that age, I didn't, I resented everyone who wanted to help me. I resented the doctors, therapists, everyone, because I knew that, my well, I didn't even know, but I didn't think that they'd been through what I'd been through. And I hate that they were trying to relate me to some fucking book they read. They didn't know what addiction's like in my head. They just know, like, okay, she can't stop. Like, it's way more than that. And so I wanted to be the person that I needed. And that's like where my passion, like, with nursing comes to, like, through recovery, I found my, my career goals, you know, like, so when I was at that facility, these were for adolescents that were sexually problematic. And there were only so, things that, so many things I could imagine. I don't want to use certain words and trigger anyone or anything, but... There were only so many things I could imagine that these kids had done right. And luckily, I got to know these kids and then read their charts after I got to know them. And I knew that these kids didn't... They weren't born that way. You know, like they'd been through something, just like a lot of us have, that made us that way. Even though I thought... I'm pretty sure I was born an addict. But some people... They went through something traumatic and, you know, that caused them to try and um, cover up feelings, which I definitely did, you know, and I had a lot of sympathy for these kids and one of the texts had mentioned that one of the kids, I think he was like 16, so it really spoke to me, that he had been clean for two months before coming to that facility and that facility is not recovery by any means, it's literally just trying to help you with the outbursts and... Uh, way you act around other people. And I met that kid. I was like, can I talk to him? I asked my instructor, and she was like, I don't know. Like, these kids don't know stability. They've had a lot of people introduced to them in their lives and taken away from them. Like, they, I don't want you to build a bond with that kid, and then it gets severed and him feel like he's losing another important person in his life. I was like, I understand that. She was like, but how about you ask the tech because she knows this kid and I don't. So I did, and she was like, he would love, I'm sure he would love to hear your story. And I talked to the 16 year old boy, who was at this facility for being sexually problematic and had two months clean before he walked in there. And he got to tell me a little bit of a story and he opened up very easily. And his mom was in jail at that point. And he got, and his mom got out while I was there. And he came up to me so excited and was just like, I get to hang out with my mom this weekend. I got a day pass to go. and our, our stories really aligned. And I wish as, you know, like, that's where, that was like the second day of those clinicals. And that was when I realized, like, this is what I want to do. There's no greater joy get, than getting to help another addict. And I don't know where that came from, but I know people always said it when I was first in here, and now I get it. It just kind of, like, develops over time. Um, okay, so... One other thing that I kind of realized from like meditating about all this was that it was really profound to me. I don't know if y'all are gonna think it's profound, but I was like, I'm an example of the message. Yeah. Like I, I'm showing people like by me staying clean. Why do you think all of our our clean dates are so important to us? I got my fucking tattooed on my arm. My clean date tattooed on my arm. You know, like because they're like our trophies. We're proud of them. Like. We are miracles that we went from what we went through to who we are today. And, like, never in a million years would I have fathomed that even just imagined who I am today. I couldn't even think of being who I am today and thinking the way I do and actually sometimes thinking before I act. You know, like, not lying. That's one of the biggest things in my recovery. Like, I was a compulsive-ass liar. Lying and stealing from, like... Literally four years old, from as like, young as I can remember. And so one of my proudest accomplishments is that my parents can trust me today. And if I'm like, hey, this, this was this much, they'll send me that much without any question. Um, and so we're all examples of the message. Like, by staying clean, we're helping others stay clean. And I know like we know that, but think about that. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to close on that. But thank you so much for letting me speak, and I love you all so much. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please reach out to the SAMHSA National Helpline. There's help available 24 hours a day, every day of the year please call 1-800-662-4357 and let's get you some help.